What's up, Blue Jays fans? Welcome to another episode of the Jays Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Rob. Today, we're joined, as always, by our host, Mo. Mo, what's up, man? I'm doing pretty good. Um, the Jays are on fire right now, and uh, George Springer's in, hopefully in the lineup tonight. So, hopefully, it should be a good series in Bay Area. All right. So, Mo's definitely excited. James, do you share that excitement? Absolutely, man. The team's won three in a row. They just swept the Atlanta Braves. They're feeling great right now. Springer's back. Fingers crossed. That leg fatigue, I call that garbage. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I forgot a sunscreen. Sure. Let's go with that. I, I, I just, <laughs> I just, I just want Springer healthy, hundred percent. And it just scares me that he's gonna if he if he does go out there tonight, it, it'll scare me every second. But no matter what, the team's playing damn well. There are two games over five hundred for the first time this year. I'm, I'm feeling damn good about this team right now. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have a lot of Springer to talk about on this episode. But guys, like you mentioned, the Jays are really good, man. Or at least they have been the last couple of weeks or so. They have won seven of their last nine games. The best differential, run differential in the AL East. Third in the AL, sixth in the entire Major League Baseball. They're fresh off the sweep against the Braves yesterday. Bullpen looks outstanding. Springer's back, kind of. Teoscar's back. And it looks like Ryu's going to make his debut. Well, I was going to say Ryu making his debut. Pearson might make his debut on the road trip. We'll probably get Ryu back sometime soon as well. A lot of good things going on with this team right now. But uh, yeah, Mo, where do you want to start, man? Uh, we can start with like kind of the offense, you know, coming into kind of like this Brave series. It's kind of been a dud fest so far. We got Teoscar back. Uh, Springer, I'm not sure if he's 100%. We'll get to that later, I'm sure. But um, it's always I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's not. That's what I understand. I'm being nice, man. Um, so, uh, yeah, the offense, you know, coming into the series season, I think we're towards the bottom of the AL in terms of, like, batting average, runs produced, runners in scoring position. But, you know, man, like, the past few days, this season, look, the Jays are looking like prime summer boys of the summer Jays right now, you know? You got Bo Bichette bat flipping. You got Springer pimping his home runs. You got Teoscar, you know, lean back with it. You know, these guys are having fun out there, and, you know, they're producing runs, and Charlie's just sitting there, you know, hey, man, I'll throw Rafael Dolis in the ninth inning. No worries. We got this job anyway. He's like, I got Tommy Malone. He can pitch three innings. Give him oh, like God. We'll still, we'll still win the game. Like, you know, it's it's good that the Jays are producing runs. So the bullpen, even though we have a lot of bullpen days, we can rely on our offense a bit more than the bullpen. But the Jays are in Oakland tonight, and the only man from Oakland that can stop the Jays right now is Stephen Curry. Facts. Absolute wow, okay. facts. Yeah, it's, it, it, I think the big reason why this team has kind of, I guess, changed the course of their offense, and this is at least my take, they're starting to find the right spots for people in the lineup. And a perfect example is Marcus Simeon, right? And I think Bree mentioned it in, in our chat, said that he, as a leadoff hitter, he was hitting like a buck 70. You know, we obviously know he wasn't very good in the leadoff hole. But since being in the six hole, buddy's gone hitting over 300. He looks so much more comfortable in and in, in, in driving in runs. I mean, I think he, went, what, he had four RBIs in that in the finale there against Atlanta. He's feeling comfortable. You got Teoscar Hernandez back in the cleanup hole, making everyone else kind of relax. And obviously George Springer at the top, whether the guy's healthy or not, which I still don't believe he is. But either way, it lengthened us your lineup, and it just th- there's no holes. And even Danny Jansen's not a hole, Mo. Let's just leave that there. <laughs> yeah, we got definitely got to get used to Jansen because now Alejandro Kirk, mm, his injury uh, is a little more serious. He's been out. He's going to be out six weeks. We just got the news. 
right off the top of the show. By the way, it's Monday, just approaching 6 p.m. Eastern time uh, when we're recording this. You guys will probably listen to this sometime within the A-series, so just uh, let you know where we are right now when this conversation is being held. Absolutely, Danny Jansen. Looks like he's going to be uh, in the lineup a lot with Alejandro Kirk being out six weeks. We just got the news right off the top of the show. So, uh, Mo, unfortunately, you're going to have to deal with Danny Jansen playing on a more everyday role. It looked like Alejandro Kirk, after that big two-home run game he had on Friday, that he was going to kind of slide in as the everyday catcher. But looks like Danny Jansen will be there. And the offense is the obvious answer, guys. You look at this kind of the pitchers that the Braves put out there this weekend. It wasn't like, you know, they were decimated by injuries. They had to throw out, you know, a bunch of Tommy Malone's and six starters. It was like Drew Smiley, Charlie Morton, and Anderson, or yeah, Ian Anderson yesterday. So a Their best pitchers, of, probably. Yeah, a plethora of guys who are going to be pitching up some significant innings for them this season. So it's not like, you know, they just went out there and beat off, beat the brakes off some of their, you know, triple A pitchers. They pay some pretty serious pitchers. But I think, yeah, George Springer, look, he came off. He's going to be the aging full time, basically, this that whole Atlanta series and moving forward. We literally saw him running up the first baseline on that Saturday game and grabbing his groin in discomfort right before he got to the base. Then he got taken out of yesterday's game in the sixth inning due to cramping in the sun. I mean, guys, it's you guys said he might not be healthy. He's definitely not healthy. He's definitely not 100%. What are we doing here? Because this is our big $550 million acquisition, and he is seriously being beaten up right now. I just hope they're not rushing this guy back. I mean, it's 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 clear that you know he wasn't 100% when he came back. We kept hearing, oh, they're just waiting. You know, it's all precautionary, this and that. They took him out yesterday, or yeah, yesterday, precautionary reasons. I'm thinking this is all mumbo jumbo. You know, it's blatantly <laughs> obvious. If you watched his, I mean, if you watched every single at bat for him yesterday, Hit, everything looked wrong with that leg, like it, his swings and then he grabs it and then he starts limping off. And then his other two at bats just did not look comfortable at all. And I'm like, is it just blatantly obvious? Like in my opinion, I don't know about you guys, but I'd much rather George Springer hit the IL right now till let's say mid June for God's sake, if that's what it takes for him to be hundred percent. I don't care. This lineup is shown to be oh, yeah. decent enough to hold the, hold the fort until he can get back. But man, because I, I do not want this guy re-aggravating, re-aggravating, then be done for like a couple months. Like it's the last thing we need right now. Yeah. So I don't know if the Jays really were losing out on money by maybe rushing him back because they're trying to place his advertising right. You know, promote it. There is one hundred fifty million dollar man after all. They knew he was getting Teoscar Hernandez back, and um, he hasn't. He had a non-physical injury, obviously with COVID, and, and so it's not like he had a physical physical injury, just like Springer. So. He, so I just feel like I don't know why they rushed him back. Um, these fans are lucky he hit two home runs that game or else they would have been on his ass the whole rest of the series for not producing. He did have a couple good bats, uh, good, good at bats where he hits the line drives, but you can just tell running out that box that he's not going to r- sprint up the line, rightfully so. But I don't know. He's clogging up the DH spot. You can't really have him DHing or what, like for like seven straight games. Like what if they go to an NL opponent? I'm not sure if they face... And I'll point su- super quickly or Braves, in the near the Braves next week. Oh yeah, but if he's still DHing by then, like I don't know what to yeah. say because it's like he's not gonna be in the lineup because clearly this dude runs out a fly ball, twists it, like reaggravates his uh, quad. He's just gonna be out again, you know. And those injuries really suck because 
all it really takes is like one bad step to really mess it up. So James said, I could have waited until maybe like end of May, early June until he comes back. So he's kind of fully healthy. So we can just put him right into center field. And I know Jonathan Davis is in Oakland right now. So I don't know if that's telling or anything, but he wasn't on the AAA roster announced today. So I don't know what, what we should take out of that. And you don't pay $150 million for a DH. Sorry. It's not Chris Davis anymore. And even, even then he played first base. Morales. Oh yeah. The Jays didn't pay 150 million for the guy though. That's the crazy thing. So you, he can't be playing DH. Like, like you guys mentioned, if, if, if he's playing DH against Atlanta next week, it's like, Oh, we're just being cautious. No, you're, you rush them back and now you're crapping yourself. So yeah, but that's the thing. Like, gonna play we, in the pitcher's position. <laughs> we can't even DH him, even if we wanted to in Atlanta, because it's an NL ballpark. Exactly. But it's just it, a disaster waiting to happen, because then he won't be able to play. <laughs> isn't it just unfortunate though? Like you know, us as like guys who are blogging, talking about the team, it's like we were this whole offseason waiting for George Springer, 150 million dollar deal, all the hype, and it's like the first series that we get him back, we're not even talking about him playing. It's more just so, oh, his injury is he 100 percent and despite the fact that he had two big home runs on that game Saturday, it's like, we should be talking more about that than this injury. But unfortunately that's kind of the lead right now. Like, how do you guys feel about that? Yeah, Rob. So yeah, I agree. Um, I just feel like it just sucks. You know, me having to post all these posts, always constantly having to look on Twitter, every at bat seeing, Oh, is he injured? Oh, is he in the dugout? Oh, what's happening? Is Charlie talking to him? Is the trainer's talking to him? Like at this point, Charlie Montoya, if the trainer comes to his office, like I'm just kind of shut the door on him. Anything about Springer, but just unfortunate. And I feel like it could have been avoided. Like we just mentioned, if he sat out a couple more weeks, but it is what it is. I guess if he's not playing tonight, obviously it should be more than a light cramp or whatever he, they said it was, but it's unfortunate all around. My thought is this, guys, and I was thinking about this when I when I saw him in the lineup there on uh, well yesterday afternoon. Why the hell was he even playing? Like you just played the night before, and it went into extra innings. You play the afternoon after that. Springer's legs a problem. And my last my headphone just fell out. Great. <clears throat> So why the heck is George Springer in that lineup the day after? You always see catchers, right? Day game after a night game, they never do back-to-backs. You never really see that with catchers. George Springer was a bum leg, you know, just hit two bombs the night ago. You got to give that guy, that guy a rest, and they don't, and he leaves in the sixth inning due to, yeah, whatever, whatever nonsense they want to call it. Yeah, I mean, he's we don't have the lineup tonight yet. The game's at 9.40 Eastern time, so probably still a few hours until we get the lineup, but I'll be very curious to see if he's in there. Um, obviously, you know, the fact that he's good enough to hit and hit that ball, what, 470 feet the other day uh, against the, the Braves. So uh, at least from an offensive perspective, he does appear to be, you know, strictly hitting and swinging the bat. It's not too far removed, but... Yeah, right now we're, we kind of, like you said, James, we're basically paying $150 million for a DH, and we definitely don't want that. Uh, we are excited, though. I think uh, the lineup is healthy for the first time all year. We kept, I don't want to say making excuses, but when we couldn't score early on in the year, we kept saying, oh, just wait until the lineup comes back, until Springer's back, until the Oscar's back. And, you know, they're here. And to be fair, they've been hitting ever since uh, they got in the back of the lineup. So that's always a good thing to see. Now let's transition more to like 
a more positive thing. And that's this bullpen right now. You look at the names in this bullpen and you guys like follow through with me. It's other Chatwood one year vet minimum deal. David Phelps one year vet minimum deal. Anthony Castro waiver claim. Romano was a rule five pick dropped by Texas. Just anywhere you go in this bullpen, there's not a whole lot of necessarily household names. And yet they have been so effective. How are they able to get this done? Because we've seen this regime just pick out guys out of a hat, essentially throw them in the bullpen, have effective years. What's their secret? I think the ability to throw a good fastball and throw strikes. I think it's, it's pretty simple. You know, if you have a one of you have a good fastball and a decent, you know, secondary pitch, you don't even have to have a third pitch. It's a good secondary pitch and throw things for strikes. It does wonders. You mentioned Anthony Castro, perfect example. You know, he throws 96. He's got that wipeout, wipeout slider. The, the thing is he throws that slider for strikes. That's why he's been so dominant. Obviously he got hurt and is now on the IL, but when they can throw strikes, David Phelps has his nasty curveball that he can throw for strikes. And he's got a nice fat, sorry, nice curveball that he throws for strikes. And he's got a beautiful fastball. Everybody is kind of, they got power arms in the pen. And that's what the Jason never had in the past power arms that can throw strikes. And, and you're seeing it right now. And it, it's, it, it's glorious to watch, man. Yeah, I, I agree with James, but I don't know if it's maybe a little bit of luck because there are some times where they do strand runners on base. So um, their whips are a bit higher than usual. But like I said, if you're going to come, if you're going to come with the bullpen, you have one job to command your fastball, throw strikes and maybe let your stuff play out. And that's what these guys do. You know, um, I'm never really going to criticize the Jays for signing bullpen arms like they're in on Brad Hand, but who wants to play $10 million to Brad Hand where you can get uh, David Phelps for a million dollars. So um, or on Brookie, who's making like $500,000. So um, it's, it's nice to know that the Jays don't have to overspend for them to find these hidden gems. You know, obviously people have the jokes, oh, the Jays are dumpster diving this year. But hey, man, if I'm all for it. If they're going to dumpster dive for these relievers, there's plenty of them out. There's still guys like Shane Green and Jeremy Jeffress out. And AAA last year, uh, this year in AAA, we still have AJ Cole, who was a big producer for us last year. And there's all these these random names that pop up. Like Anthony Castro wasn't even on Jays' radar prior to maybe like March or February. So it's just crazy how these names can pop out. And maybe we might see some random name pop out like a Hobie Harris or like a Kirby Sned who just comes out of AAA and just gives the Jays some arms. But Julie, we have to uh, we have to realize that we have some injuries too. You know, Kirby Rates, Gates, our big free agent bullpen acquisition, is not even going to play this year. Probably won't even be a J after this year. Um, so he's one and done. And obviously, Julian Merriweather could be out for some time. So he's been really good this year when healthy. So we got to, uh, the Jays bullpen props them for really showing out during the adversity and, you know, performing. And they have a lot of injuries. So in the pitching staff, so props to them for picking up. And David Phelps has been amazing so far. I think everyone's been amazing this pitch. And uh, maybe not uh, Tommy Malone. <laughs> well, I mean, in, ter- in terms of. Yeah. <laughs> I think in terms of like uh, the power guys, the high leverage guys, oh, jo- not- Joel Pams too. Yeah, he's not really a high leverage guy though. He was kind of you know just picked really? up. Sometimes he is. Sometimes he is. <laughs> when can we can we also talk about uh, the high leverage guy that they DFA'd? Oh, the diesel engine fellas. Oh my god! Oh. I, I was I was just sitting there trying to play it off like, oh wait, <laughs> what, what are we talking about there, James? 
Oh yeah. oh yeah. In fact, they DFA'd the guy. Oh, that's perfect. It was crazy. I think, yeah, that, I think when you look at the bullpen in terms of the salaries they were making, it's like yeah. all these guys, like Rafael Dolis, like one million, <laughs> Tyler Chat with three million, you know, uh, Anthony Castro, five hundred K, Ryan Brucky, five hundred K, and you see Tanner Roark, twelve million. Ugh. But it's just funny yeah. how Tanner Roark just like Started last year, $24 million, you know, is a starter, and he's terrible, right? He's downright terrible. This year, well, they, they tried to give him a second look, right? here. Here's a couple starts. You're terrible still. Okay, we'll hit you in the bullpen. You get a couple outings? Yeah, go personal, you know, all in quotations, right? Personal matters to leave the team. It's like the Derek Fisher. I actually have an analogy for that. I, have, I actually okay. have a, a theory. Mm-hmm. I think they sent him... I think that family thing was more of, hey, man, go home and contemplate if you want to retire more than anything. It's like, yeah, we'll give you your money. But, hey, man, I don't think you can really produce anymore in the league. I'll sort of tell you, big fella. But, hey, man, if you want to retire, go home. Think about it. Um, we'll put you on this um, this list for a few days. You won't be on the team. You won't be traveling with us. Come back, see what you want. And he probably decided. So I'd be surprised to see if he gets another opportunity or maybe. I don't I don't. I, he might retire. That's my thinking. I just think he's going to retire. I don't, I don't think he'll sign with another team. It's like the Derek Fisher nonsense, right? He gets hit in practice with the ball the day after he commits those two errors in New York. Oh, no. He gets hit with the ball on the IL. You never see him again. Jay's actually got something back for him other than just a hit by pitch. Yeah, kind of insane there. But more so on this, on more of a serious note in terms of the guys that are actually pitching in the bullpen in high leverage situations. Who are kind of the guys that you think this could be sustainable? And by sustainable, I don't mean, you know, Tyler Chadwick's got an ERA of zero. He's not going to have an ERA of zero the whole season, mm-hmm. right? Same with Anthony Castro, a lot of these other guys. So they're going to give up runs eventually. They're going to blow some games. There's no doubt about that. Every bullpen does, regardless of how good. Mariano Rivera once blew three straight saves in a row, and he's the greatest reliever ever. So, but in terms of a long-term sustainability, how do you feel about this bullpen? I know, Mo, you kind of had some questions that, it might not be sustainable. I kind of disagree a bit, but I want to hear what you guys think. So I'm not sure. Him, what, like four or five. Months, but Drew seems like my guess. But he could, like you guys mentioned, he could be back like next week. I don't know. They need it, man. Season need it. He's, he's healthy. And he has, yeah, give him a tune-up start. It's up whatever. to you. You'll, you'll have any chance starting every Game. No, that's that's not what I said. That's not what I said. I'm I'm just I'm taking a level-headed approach. Inside from everyone was like, oh, DFM, he's garbage. But anyway, uh, it's like why not? He's not competing with anyone. Let's be honest. He's not competing with Ross Stripling or you know Tommy Malone or Tanner Roark anymore. He's better than he's yeah. He is undoubtedly a top. five starting pitcher on and this there really really isn't an answer is there anybody on now that's big league starts we've seen of him no like ross stripling i think his last outing yesterday was his saving grace yeah <laughs> i mean he he's been awful so far this year but he put a decent start together uh yesterday so that kind of keeps him around the rotation because you need guys right now. But is Pearson better than Stripling? It's hard to say, but he's got better stuff. I think we can, but we can all agree on that. I'm going to say he is better than Stripling. Like you mentioned, James, Stripling wasn't good. Hasn't been good this season. And yesterday, I think from a result standpoint, it was good. 
keep this in mind that Ronald Acuna fly ball in the fifth inning with the bases loaded was hit 394 feet. And that was the hardest hit ball of the game of the entire game yesterday. That was the hardest hit ball. Fortunately, it just happened to go to deep center and the wind wasn't necessarily blowing in that direction at that moment. That could have easily been a grand slam. And all of a sudden you look at his numbers, five runs in four innings and we have a completely different tune today. So I really, really want to keep that in mind. Ross Stripling, he still gets hit really hard. He had a, from a result standpoint, like I said, a decent start four and a third, give up just two runs, but I'm not sold on Ross Stripling being an everyday or pardon me, an, a, a rotation piece moving forward. I still like to see even more. with his track record though, even with his track record, like he's been good in the past. As uh, I think a big part of that has to do with the NL West and versus the AL East. It's like you going from one of the most pitcher friendly divisions to one of the most hitter friendly divisions all in one. Uh, so I think with it and, you know, besides you kind of look at the track record. Aside from 2018, the start of 2018 and, you know, some starts in between, he's kind of been a hybrid guy. He hasn't really been inconsistent, you know, every fifth game, six innings, three runs, two runs. You know what I mean? It's It's more so the hybrid role where he's had majority of his value. You still think he'd be like a everyday rotation guy every fifth turn? Uh, so who's a five if Pierce is in? Let's see. Uh, Matt, Ryu, Ray, Pearson, and then we have those five. Three, I think it's those four if healthy, but that's your top four. Yeah, I think Stripling... I don't know if they have a fifth. Until at least the trade deadline. Going. Until the trade deadline. Uh, well, that's fair, I guess. I mean, yeah, you, you could probably throw him in there. You know, maybe. Yeah, I feel like he's a longer opener or a bulk guy at this point. I'm not, I'm not into How many him. former starters do we need in the bullpen? Like, we're just throwing these guys in the bullpen. Hey, man, go to the bullpen. <laughs> I, I think the fact that they didn't go out and get, you know, a James Paxton or retain Taiwan Walker aside from just the simple fact that, you know, they wanted to maintain flexibility, but it was also because they had a lot of hybrid guys who could pitch multiple innings. I think that's what they were kind of banking on. I think Ross Stripling kind of fits in that category. I'd much rather see yeah. Ross Stripling come out there and like to, to start a ball game and only go, you know, three, no matter yeah. how he's doing, go three and then give me a, a Thornton after him for a couple and then set up your bullpen the rest of the way. Like that, I, I'd yep. much rather see that than say, "Hey, Stripling, you're going to start, and we'll just see how you do." And it's just like, yeah, <laughs> no, I don't like that because that can go really bad, really fast. Because you know, look over the first three innings in the in yesterday's ball game. Yeah, he gave up the one the the one run, um, but that's fine. Three innings for Stripling is fine. Give him the hook, get someone fresh out there, and uh, and see what happens. Uh, except Tommy Malone, do, do, do not do do not take uh, put no. We're Tommy uh, Malone after Stripling. <laughs> Because at that point, I think I'd prefer Ross Stripling to be in the rotate to be on the map yeah. still. Yeah, so, I think uh, uh, that's for- a, that's a great idea in theory. In practice, though, don't forget though, James. In, in practice, you you do need four healthy starters to have you yeah. know a bullpen yeah. every fifth game. So that's I think I think that's the most ideal situation right now, given the current structure of this roster for sure. Yeah, so just on the Springer tidbit, he's just getting rest today. Apparently, that's what Charlie said. Yeah, that's, that's three days that's in garbage. Row. Yeah, that's not true. He's hurt. He's 100% hurt. Not, not only is he not 100% healthy, he's 100% hurt. But yep. uh, Luis Robert just got is out for 15 weeks. So I guess you can kind of wow. be a little lenient with Oof. your guys. So Oof. Wow, that's crazy. 
and I'm like the, the White Sox. The the White Sox were my World Series pick uh, coming into the season. So yeah, I'm not feeling too hot about that right now. You're in Mercedes. But, He'll just replace them. Been great. Uh, I think before we kind of move on, I, I do want to talk about the A series a bit. But kind of our last thing uh, before we move on to that. Coming into the year, I thought that the AL East would have multiple tiers. I thought you know the Yankees would be number one, and then you'd have I think the Blue Jays and the Rays battling it out, and the Red Sox just slightly below them, and then obviously the Orioles in the basement. If the first month is any indication, it would suggest that this division is wide open, guys. I think the first four teams, with the exception of the Orioles, I'm not sure there's a whole lot of separation between those four teams right now. And all I'm not going to say anything, but all I'm going to say is Blue Jays' chances of winning the AL East, I'm a lot more confident in them today than I was, let's say, six weeks ago. Well, I'm with you. I, I, I said it from day one. I, I do not have confidence in that uh, rotation. Mo, I don't give a damn what you say about Corey Kluber. It was the Tigers anyway, so. Exactly. See, that's like, that's like playing AAA Buffalo and saying, oh, I just threw a shutout. Well, that's nice. Who cares? That's like Roar going down there and then talking garbage afterwards. Like, buddy, simmer down. But uh, no, I don't, I don't bank on the Yankees rotation. Look, you have Garrett Cole. That's awesome. He's a great pitcher. He's a Cy Young Award winner. He, or he won a Cy Young, I'm assuming, right? He did. Either way, either way, he's, he's the ace of your staff, and he's, he's unreal. But after that, who the hell do you have? Jameson Tyon? Well, he hasn't been great. And do you really expect him to be great? No, they're banking mm-hmm. on it. And are you banking on Corey Kluber being great all the time? No. Well, I guess they are banking on it, but he's not going to be good all the time. So who do you have after, after that? Domingo Herman? <laughs> like, I don't trust that rotation one bit. And yeah, but- yeah, they can score as many runs as they want. But if they can't have, they can, if they can't pitch, they can't pitch. Yeah, but this is how I see it. I feel like everybody, I guess, aside from the Red Sox and besides from the Orioles, so let's keep them out of here. I feel like the Red Sox will eventually crash and burn with their pitching. They will. They will. Unless they don't get Chris Sale back. But their offense is great. We'll, but we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the Yankees and Rays because that's the main competitors. That's like the meat of the meat. So I feel like their ceilings of their rotation is much higher for than ours. And I feel like it's just going to be a battle of the offense at the end of the day. Because we know the Jays rotation, um, if Mats and Ray really become all-stars this year, then it's a different conversation. But if they crash and burn too, it's not going to look pretty. Because then you have a Ryu who's 34 years old. And mm-hmm. if he gets injured, placed on the 10-day IL again, it's not going to be good for this team unless they make a splash in the trade deadline before that. I just feel like Tyler Glasnow, he's really good. Also the Rays have. Um, Ryan Yarbrough, who's like automatic against the Jays. Chris Arthur. I just, don't, I, I just do not have, even in the Rays pitching staff, man. Come on. Like, they don't have Blake. The bullpen. They're they bullpen? Lost, yes, they have a great bullpen. They have a fantastic bullpen. But as we have learned from years past to the Jays, you need a good rotation. You you absolutely do. And the, I said it in my preseason stuff. I do. I did not bank on the Rays being any good this year because you lose you you lose Blake Flip and Snell. I don't care who you get back or who you are. You lose Blake Snell and Charlie Morton. Your team is instantly going to be a lot worse. Those are two incredible pitchers. That you know you what, what I heard lost. about that. You know what I heard about that Snell trade? I heard that that trade is going to be better, like turn out better for the Rays and like that oh, Meadows my, trade with Archer. 
We we already I, know it I will be because bit. the Tampa Bay flipping rays. They'll find a way. The Patino you know, they, guy is really good. That I was gonna say. I was gonna say. The thing is, is like I feel like they do have some upside with Patino. I'm not sure who the. I disagree with you more about the Yankees. I, I don't think their rotation has higher upside than us unless Severino comes back and pitches anything close to what he was before. Not but confident, Corey Kluber. Come on now, Jesus not, Murphy. I'm not confident, in Corey. Kluber. I bank on Robbie Ray yeah. over Corey Kluber. Yeah. yeah, me too. Me too. And then also, you guys are going to eat your words. You guys are going to eat your words. You're eating your words about Danny Jansen, so don't give me that. <clears throat> but, but here's the thing: oh, it's not going to be bad. Pearson's coming back too. I think <laughs> Pearson, Ray, um, Matt, and Ryu. Again, unless Severino comes back and pitches anything close to what he was before he got hurt, which I'm not sure about because he hasn't pitched in a long time. I think he's pitched a handful of games since 2018. So it's been a long time since we've seen Luis Severino be a dominant starter. Uh, I'm taking those four guys over any four guys the Yankees throw. Now, obviously, if injuries come to play, Ryu gets hurt. That's a whole new ball game. But in terms of strict talent, yeah. yeah, but I mean, is he? Yeah, I'm taking Pearson over Davey Garcia. Uh, that's that's tough. That's close. I mean, uh, I don't agree. I I think it's at the very least close. I don't think it's it, it's a clear answer. Right. Yeah, I guess I'll end up beating my words at the end of the year, but uh, <laughs> I just feel like their upsides are much better than ours, but that doesn't mean the Jays pitching staff could be better. I just feel like knowing their track records of those pitchers, like Kluber, mm-hmm. um, Herman, and Cole, and who else? Jordan Montgomery. Like, if they're on, they're on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they're on, they're on. Yeah, yeah, but you, you can see the same. You can see the same about Robbie Ray and Steven Matz, though. But then my, I'm, then my argument goes to that their ceilings are higher. Like you can consistently rely on them being on, like those pitchers being on if they have enough. Like you can consistently rely on them of having like back to back good starts. But like from Ray, you're gonna you can have a good start and have a really bad start. Like that's what I'm trying to say. Like you can't really rely on Ray right now. Like sure, he has two really good starts, but I don't know how much like I'm gonna buy into that stock. Same with Matz. Okay, okay, but uh, James, we're talking about Jameis and Tyone and Jordan Montgomery. Like, what, have they had like a long track record of being successful every day, like starters for a full season? I'm not so sure. Oh, but yeah, but like they throw more strikes than Ray, and they give up less home runs. That I don't know about uh, that. Uh, not the way he's been throwing lately. Uh, the fact that in spring training he was throwing a ton of strikes, and he had that. Other than that one game Robbie Ray had against the Kansas City Royals, where I think he walked like what five or six. Other than that game, he's been throwing strikes all year. Like he threw a lot in the spring, and in all his other starts, he's been throwing a ton of strikes. And like I mentioned earlier, his last two, which I understand, you know, it's it's two games. You can obviously get a couple game hot streak and be all right. The guy didn't walk one batter. Like what? I expect Robbie Ray to walk one, two guys in a game, not none over a course of like what 12 or 13 innings combined so i don't Plus, know i think people are sleeping on robbie ray montgomery I mean, he hasn't had yeah. more than 10 starts in a season since 2017 uh-huh. Jameson and hasn't had more than seven starts in the season since 2018 we all know how we feel about him and domingo Herman, same thing it's been a while so uh, i'm not so sure i agree with you there mo i think uh that that's kind of one of those things we'll have to see how the year plays out. But, you know, it's good that we disagree. You know, it wouldn't be a fun mm. podcast if we just, you know, agreed on everything. So I'm excited to see how that plays out. Our last thing before we move on. All right. So, guys, we're heading out to Northern California, the Bay Area. For those who aren't familiar with the Bay Area, it's made of San Francisco and Oakland. San Francisco is the city. Oakland is the town. So we'll be in a town today. 
playing four against the A's. Guys, this season, we talked a lot about how the Jays, they've been giving us, you know, a roller coaster season, which, you know, uh, I'm not sure how effective you can say that because it's kind of been, you know, a few wins here, a few wins there. The Oakland A's have had a roller coaster season. They started off one yeah. and seven. You remember when we started off one and seven a few years ago when, you know, everything was doomed? It was awful. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to turn on the TV. All right. Well, after that, they won 13 in a row. They're playing great. They were threatening the Billy Bean 2001 Moneyball A's for their win streak. And they've kind of dipped off lately. They've just won three of their last eight games. They almost got swept by the Orioles yesterday. They've kind of been on a bit of a downswing, really inconsistent team. Uh, they're right now, their record, they're great. They're second in the AL and wins only behind, believe it or not, Kansas City in terms of winning percentage. Um, they're first in their division, as I mentioned, obviously. Their run differential is not good. They're 18th in the league in the whole uh, Major League Baseball in run differential. Their numbers overall, they're below average in every major offensive category except for home runs they've been hitting the long ball a lot the pitching hasn't been great but once again as i mentioned a lot of the major pitching categories they've been kind of below average so there's any indication so far in their season it's that obviously they've been very inconsistent but i guess there's reason to believe that maybe their record isn't quite as good representation of what kind of team they've actually been obviously baseball games aren't won on run differential necessarily they're one based on record so keep that in mind as well i don't think this team is necessarily that unbeatable i mean you're looking at their rotation this series it's i think the jays can definitely put together a competitive series i don't think that oakland is necessarily as good as their record would indicate no, absolutely not. I mean, uh, the fact that you have, you know, two legit starters going in this series with, with Mats and, and Robbie Ray, I feel confident in those guys. And you've caught, oh, they're not playing very well. So it's like, it seems early in the year, they're, like you mentioned, Rob, they're on an absolute behemoth type roller coaster ride where they're on the, you know, on the upswing and it seems like nothing can go wrong when you win 13 straight. And then all of a sudden you hit a wall. And that really, in my opinion, and I say it about every sport, is that shows me the character of a good team or a bad team. You know, the ability to go on um, a big winning streak and then you lose one or two, but then you bounce back with four or five. You know, th- that shows me what a good team is. I don't know if you, you guys, I don't know how big into hockey you guys are. I remember one time Buffalo, the Sabres, they won like 10 or 11 straight games. And I was like, man, Buffalo has finally figured it out. They found a way to be 10 games under 500 and miss the playoffs. So winning streaks are one thing. Um, the ability to, to come back after a loss and win a ball game or win two or three in a row. And that's what the Jays have shown us this season. Yeah. They go on a two game losing streak and we're like, man, this is not going well, but then they fire back three, you know, they have not gone on a, on a, on a big losing streak this season and they've shown a lot of consistency. And I think you've caught Oakland at their, their, their downward spiral, I guess, if you want to call it, like you said, when it was a three of their last eight, they barely scraped out that game against Baltimore yesterday. And I, I can't see why the Jays can't leave Oakland uh, winning three or four. I just, I don't see it. If you, if you have Ryu going in the fifth, is that possible? I, I, I don't know. If it, yeah. even if, what's that? Uh, you can go. Well, okay. If, if, if Ryu is able to go in the finale, you have your three best pitchers this season 
going up against Oakland. So why can't you win three or four? And, and the Jays have clearly shown us over the last little while, even if those guys are not on the mound, they find a way to win ball games. They had a bullpen day and they, they made Atlanta look silly with guys like Ross stripling out there with, I understand, you know, Acuna's uh, wall scraper, but, or I guess wall scraper the other way. Um, and, 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 and then the bullpen day, the day before, or it was the day before either way, one of two of the three games, you know, if you look at the pitching match and you're like, man, the Jays are going to get smushed today, but they didn't. So the fact that you have your best pitchers going three of the four games in this series, if Ryu comes back, why can't the Jays win three or four? And they're catching them at a good time too. I think we're forgetting, forgetting that they're on a downhill trend in terms of winning. So I do feel like that's a good thing for the Jays right now. And I'm not really buying into them as a whole team. The rotation is pretty mediocre at best. They have Mike Fires in the rotation. That's all you really need to know. But um, yeah, they got Tony Kemp in left field. Their lineup today follows as Mark and leading off. So Matt Chapman, who's hitting 190. Uh, Matt Olson has been pretty good this season for them. Other than that, they're just like Elvis Andrews hitting like 100. So I don't know. I just don't know how they were got these wins. I don't watch A's games, but certainly they. They are dangerous, what their winning percentage at least says. They are a pesky team playing down at ballpark. Definitely not a fun time. But um, just see if the Jays can pull it off. I'm confident in the Jays' um, team, their lineup, the way they've been playing. And if Matt has a good start today, if Ray has another good start, um, if Kay can potentially throw like four or five innings for the Jays of like one to two earned balls, that's going to be a huge win. So I'm not buying into the A's lineup just yet. And... And I'm just not buying into them. I think that's fair. Like I mentioned, based on all their kind of metrics and stats, suggested they're an under 500 baseball team through 29 games, and the record uh, clearly suggests otherwise. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what kind of A's team we get. We do know one thing's for sure: they are more than capable of together four good performances, and they're more than capable of putting in four bad ones. That's what this season has taught us about Oakland. See how that plays out. By the way, guys, check out. Uh, the series post that we posted on Blue Jay Center, Mo posted uh, the pitching probables for each series, probably for each game this series, and uh, kind of prepare yourself for what should be an exciting week of West Coast baseball. Jays and A's for four, starting tonight, 9.40 p.m. first pitch. And I move on to the listener mailbag at this point. We kind of covered uh, the entire lead, entire lineup that we have in terms of topics. So why don't we check the mail? Mo, what do we got? Yeah, so it's always a fun time when you get to check the mail. Definitely on a Monday morning, fresh mail coming in. So the first question, uh, it's a trade question, but hey, man, we'll take it. Uh, ben Hembecker asks, Biggio getting traded, question mark? No. No, he's not. Guys. Come on. It's, it's been one month. This is a season. <laughs> can you can right. imagine if, if, if Vladdy had a tough first month? Oh, my goodness. Get this guy out of here. He's okay. terrible. Yeah. Anyways, move on, Mo. What's the next one? <laughs> I want to say my two cents. Okay, you fired in there, okay. but let's hear your thoughts on Biggio. Uh, he won't get traded, but um, I could see if he does, if this play does continue in, in terms of like consistently maybe striking out, but um, he does provide value in the leadoff spot of taking a walk, seeing a lot of pitches. But if he does make those errors in the field, if he's not playing well with the bat, not producing, I can definitely see him being demoted for a little bit to get mm-hmm. his head right. But other than that, I don't see him being traded this year. We've got a couple of nice questions coming up. Some juicy questions that will get us thinking. Um, so Joe underscore Siska asks, 
Bases loaded, bottom of the ninth. Who are you taking? Adi or prime Jose Batista? Oh. I love Adi, but I mean, this is That's an easy answer man. for me. As of right now, you know, don't forget, you know, yeah. a month ago, a month ago, Vladi had a career OPS below 800, and everyone was wondering whether he'd ever be that guy. A month later, well, we feel a lot different about that, obviously, but the Jose Bautista had like six elite seasons where he had OPSs of 900 plus. So as of right now, this today, it's got to be Joey yeah. Bats. Yeah, you persuaded me there, Rob. Absolutely. Joey Bats prime. Yeah, especially because Joey Bats kind of, um, what's his name? Uh, Vladdy, he does have like that younger mentality, maybe swing happy in those situations, want to get a walk off for the team. So I don't really trust Vladdy in terms of He's really good playing out of his mind right now, but um, he might get nervous, anxious, but prime Joey Bats, you do not want to mess with him. Bases loaded. The look he gives to the pitchers, his light kick, everything about Joey Bats, prime Joey Bats. I wish he was still around playing baseball, but that's just baseball for you. So next question is a pretty good one too. <laughs> Who is the most useless out of these three? Oh, Peter Roark, Reese McGuire, or Derek Fisher? Oh, oh God. God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave McGuire alone. For, for a minute because I, I think he's in the team still he's with the team still yeah yeah I mean he had a couple pretty good Septembers that's about all I got for uh, Reese McGuire but at least I can give him that I don't know man we're talking about useless you know Roark was terrible he was awful but what did Derek Fisher actually do to like to help this team in any way couldn't catch a fly ball was bonked it off his damn bald noggin struck out a million times didn't get Moe's prediction of what 30 home runs or whatever it was, or 25 <laughs> home runs year, last year. Didn't even get close to that because one, he wasn't healthy. One. Two, he couldn't play. So I don't know, man. That's that. They still had an OPS of like 800 last year. What? Like, I'm going to say that. This is a very limited sample, but here's the thing. Here's my theory of going at it. If I buy something from the dollar store, it doesn't work. I'm like, oh, whatever. It is what it is. If I buy something for 100 bucks, <laughs> And it doesn't work. Then I'm mad. They're not getting upset. Then I'm calling that useless. So that that's my theory. That's why I'm going roar. Yeah, good call. Good call. But if I'm talking specific player for player, not value or anything, I'll go Derek Fisher. I, I can't believe I did that because usually I'm all about hate on Tanner Roark. But Derek Fisher not only you know did nothing for this team. He, he whenever he did play for this team, he was terrible. Like at least Roar <laughs> gave you a, a, no no see you bought no see what see what you what you got from like let's say Best Buy for example Rob you got some brand new AirPods right and, and Tanner Roark was those AirPods and they worked for the first few days right they were fantastic you loved them and they fell apart so at least you got those first few days with Tanner Roark aka the AirPods but with Derek yeah, Fisher you even what you the can't hell even did Exactly. And with Derek Fisher, a guy that you got at the dollar store, what would you get out of him? You got nothing. So you wasted that <laughs> damn What's dollar that and got you got that dollar and you you got nothing out of it. Derek Fisher, it was the most useless out of the three. But, but, but what did you get out of Roark that was that first start against Washington? You got some shitty innings. That's that's about that's what that's what you got out of Tanner Roark. You didn't get any good at bats. You didn't get any good fielding from Derek Fisher. You literally got squat. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, speaking about dollar stores, hmm, hmm. 
Chris McGuire. Great question, by the way. But great question. Yeah, that was, that was a great one. I like that. Shout out to you, uh, Church Jonah. All right, next question. Um, this is a pretty good one, too, from Scott Shane 11, who asks, first to make the big leagues, um, Manoa, SWR, Martin, or Groshans? That's tough. Um, I'm going to go Manoa. The age, the Gros- fact that he's... The fact that Manoa's 23, um, the fact that he's starting in AAA this season... Um, and the fact that we've seen him flat out dominate at, at spring training uh, tells me tells me tells me enough. I need to know the fact that he has the stuff to play in the big leagues. We know it will. It's just a matter of time. And the fact that he's starting right at AAA tells me that he might even be up here this season at some point. So I was actually going to go there. Guy. I think I think the fact that he's starting in AAA at this point, I, I would be surprised if he's not up. The only mm-hmm. way I see that he's not up is there's there's two reasons, all three really. One, you just doesn't perform well, which, you know, it is what it is. You know, he has, he's made what six starts in professional baseball his whole life. You know, it's, it's an adjustment period. Maybe he just doesn't get off to a hot start. It happens. Fair enough. Uh, two, there's an injury, which knock on wood, hopefully that doesn't happen. And three, the Jays are just, you know, you know the season goes sideways. The, the 18 wheeler falls off the cliff and there's really no reason to bring him up in late September for whatever reason. It just doesn't go well. I think aside from those three reasons, there's no re- there's no way he's not up at this point. Like at some point this season, I, I agree with you guys, but like I also like to disagree with you guys. So I'm gonna be spicy and say Jordan Groshans. Ooh. Okay. Well, well, what's the reasoning behind that? Because like he's never done anything in the spring, so I haven't seen squat out of Groshans. There's no. Re- it may be like a showcase. It's like, hey man, play this okay. game. We'll yeah. trade yeah. you. I mean, we need a third baseman right now, so. It wouldn't surprise me. What if he like? What if he bo- pops off in like double A? You know, just smooth down there. Double A in the big up. leagues. That's is that is that Ross Atkins, Mark Shapiro, Shapiro esque going from double A to the bigs? I mean, Alejandro Kirk got mid-se- from single A. Was it mid season? Special circumstance. Special circumstance. COVID year. COVID year. Yeah. See. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. We don't he, trade depth in a COVID year. It was the alt site. It was the alt site, and that's where he. That's where Kirk came from. He. I'm talking mid-season, you're playing for AA New Hampshire, and then bang, big leagues. No, I can't see it happening for Groshans. And Josh Palacios, too, come up from, like, he didn't play a, a Completely different, though. Double a. Not so really a prospect, really. His ceiling, his ceiling is a depth guy. Jordan Groshans is, like, literally their number one trade ship as of right now. They, they have to protect them. Right, you guys are watching me. I'm getting embarrassed. Try to move on. All right, next <laughs> question. Uh, so, will the Jays get a starting pitcher at the deadline? This should be quick, yes or no? I sure goddamn hope so. Absolutely. They're 100% getting a starting pitcher. If they're in contention, which we all expect there will be, they're 100% getting a starting pitcher. There's absolutely no way they don't get one. 0% chance. Zero. Wow. That's bold, but, but true. Agreed. And this is a lead-up question asking best potential trade acquisition in your mind. So this can be opinion-based, um, logical-based, or just, hey, man, let me throw this name out there. I mean, it, 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 I think we're all we're always going to sit around for Luis Castillo. I think he's a guy that... Uh, Luis! You, well, not not our Luis. Look, our, our Luis is an MVP, Okay. But uh, the other Luis hasn't quite done so as of yet. But anyways, with with the with the Cincinnati Reds not being a really good baseball team, I don't right now. It doesn't matter. Um, and for me personally, I could dangle Groshans. I mean, I, I've 
to, for Luis Castillo. And at least it would start there. I don't know, obviously, how you go from there. But but um, I'm totally down to go after Luis, Luis Castillo and give up a Groshans. That's where I would start it and then kind of go from there. That's my take. Red hot. I'm not sure how feasible it is, but I, I would love um, if they could possibly pry away Max Scherzer from the Nationals. Um, I don't think mm. the Nationals are going to be too good season. I know that the NL East is very much wide open. At least it was the first month here. So unfortunately, that could uh, it could be in contention a little longer, which would be unfortunate. Steele is obviously the, kind of the obvious answer. That's kind of the guy that they've been linked to. But aside from that, uh, I'm not sure they'll necessarily go after a guy who's you know that high profile. If anything, you know you can probably just trim around the edges by saying a, a Taiwan Walker like player like they did last mm-hmm. off season, part of the last trade deadline. Same with Robbie Ray, and uh, you know they both those guys were contributors on a team that ended up going to the abbreviated playoffs last season and didn't really give up anything to get those guys. So I think they'll probably follow that track. Yeah, so unless this is my this is my say, um, unless the Jays are completely washing the AL East, um, they see an opening, they see, oh yeah, we're gonna win this AL East. They're not making a move for a splashy, I guess, trading all your guys for kind of this one guy type guy. So I feel mm-hmm. like they'll be around the bush. Maybe a Sunny Gray could be realistic. He's a free agent after this year. So you're gonna have to look at those rentals or um becoming free agents next year. Um, Chris Bryant is one of those guys. I'm not sure how realistic it is, but he is the best potential player. The way he's playing right now, borderline MVP NL right now, up there at least conversation wise. Um, but also Craig Kimbrell, who is in the Cubs bullpen, mm-hmm. could be potentially an interesting name. So those are a few names right there. And the next uh, question: how about, is, how about this for a name? Sorry, but before we move on, how about this for an interesting name? Zach Plesac from the Indians or Cleveland's baseball team, I should say. Aaron Chavelli. Cleveland, uh, Cleveland always has some pretty good pitching, uh, really good pitching staff. So, if if they're out of it, you definitely call Cleveland. You have the connection with Russia with Ross and Mark. So, maybe that's something you try and swing. So the next question is, I guess our last one because the rest are updates on Springer. We talked about that, and then odds Manoa gets to call the season. We also talked about that. So next question, I guess, this is for Rob, who loves Danny Jansen. Um, this is. Asking, why go. was Reese Maguire not brought up? Okay. Just think, guys. Jays went out and they signed $80 million pitcher as a Scion candidate in Los Angeles back in 2019. They brought him into camp, and Danny Jansen, out of all the catchers they had, was the best catcher who was best equipped to catch that $80 million pitcher. And so far, over the first to 20 starts of his Blue Jays career, the results have been really, really good. So that that catcher is going to stay and catch that said $80 million pitcher. I don't think it's that hard. It's pretty obvious. I mean, and the fact that they called up Riley Adams instead it kind of tells you all you need to know about what the organization... But Riley Adams was on the taxi squad and he was on the 40-man. Reese wasn't, so they'd have to make okay, a fourth one. Okay, but Either here's way. the thing. thing, guys. Whoa. What exactly has Reese McGuire done in his big league career? They're like, okay, we need that guy in this lineup today. He had two, yeah, like two ninety. It's like twenty nineteen. It's like all those September yeah, he called up. Empty September numbers to me that doesn't really. I don't put no. much stock into that. Uh, you look at last season over a two month season when he got meaningful at bats when they were contending for a playoff spot. What happened? 
That's my question. He was terrible. He was terrible. But then again, Jan- Danny Jansen's been caught awful, and yet he's playing every day. But I understand why he's playing. Oh. But Reese McGuire, other than the two Septembers, really hasn't done enough to kind of pencil him in there as a the backup catcher. He he doesn't. Right. I uh, guess uh, that rough? Uh, is that uh, cut this part out? All right, so, so that'll do it for the mailbag. Oh, sorry, what you were saying? Just have to say one thing. Yeah. So, cool. Cool. Cut out. Start now. So yeah, so yeah, I agree with you guys over there. Very valid point. I'm kind of turning around to Danny Jansen. I guess I'm not trying to be a hater anymore. I respect him. So uh, this is the turnaround. Moe's Mo being a Danny Jansen supporter. Record this. So that's. Oh, Danny Jansen, a Danny Jansen stan. Danny Jansen stan, you know, it's Ramadan, gotta gotta get, you know, gotta get the bad vibes away. But uh, next question, it's not a question, it's a statement. Uh, we are having a giveaway. This was about the giveaway. It says really directly about saying 2020, 2022 season tickets giveaway. So while we do have a giveaway right now, um, the glove giveaway, we will be having another one. Uh, stay tuned for that. Probably many, many more. And so tickets could be definitely a thing that we could be giving away. Um, very soon when the Rogers Center opens, but um, right now, um, maybe even they if they move to Buffalo, that could be potentially interesting. If we could maybe get some tickets for some followers um, that way. But uh, that's that. So stay tuned for our giveaways. It's on the page right now, and uh, we hope you guys participate in that. And the winners will be announced live always on Fridays on the live show with Steve. Absolutely. Make sure you tune into that. Make sure you tune into all our post game shows. We'll be having one after every game tonight. Me and James will be on James. He'll be hosting that one. I'll be taking the wheel tomorrow. So that should be a lot of fun. Hopefully we have a couple of wins to talk about, but uh, until next time uh, we have a busy week of baseball. No off days this week. Blue Jays play a couple AL West teams. Marcus Simeon's debut back in Oakland is today. And obviously we hope George Springer will be active and not hit the IL for that series in Houston where he'll make his return to the Astros should be a whole lot of fun. Thanks to everyone for listening. Subscribe to James's YouTube channel, TO sports talk, continue to follow us on Instagram at blue Jays center for all our giveaways, news, post game shows and all that good stuff. And until next week, go Jays. Go Jays. Go Danny Jensen.